0: Welcome to Her Legal Global. I'm your host, Faye Gelb. Our podcast is dedicated to providing you with actionable skills to empower your legal career. And today we're welcoming Kimberly Rice, who's here to speak to us about lawyers, how to effectively grow your business right now. Kimberly is the Chief Strategist of KLA Marketing Associates and the Chief Changemaker of Changemakers. She's a keynote speaker and the founder of Women in Law Rainmaker Forum and Winning Wisdom for Women Lawyers. She's also an author, having written how women can create the career of their dreams by charting their own course and Rainmaker Roadmap, a step-by-step guide to building a prosperous business. She is also a podcast host, Secret Sauce Marketing Tastings. So Kimberly brings a wealth of information to us today to talk about our very apropos topic of how to grow your business right now. So let's just dive right in. What are we gonna be talking about in terms of how we start this growth process to build our businesses up? What would we want to start the very first thing?
1: That's a great question, Faye, and I have found that the number one thing that every lawyer must have to build a prosperous business is confidence. Confidence in their ability, if not to know, but to learn how to think like a business owner. It is absolutely imperative, particularly for people who are in the private practice of law. You know, they're used to getting a a monthly paycheck regardless, but they will not reach substantial success and prosperity until they pivot into the mindset of a business owner.
0: So what does that look like? What does a mindset of a business owner look like?
1: Uh, So he or she will take absolute responsibility for their own business building activities and plan and strategy. And what that specifically looks like is identifying the profile of your client, your ideal client. You know, maybe even to back up a couple of steps from that. And that is to understand, you know, that it's okay to not know uh, at the outset. I mean, when you went to law school and even in any academic adventures, you were not taught how or what tools to use to build, grow and sustain a business. And so if you just start at that point that you don't know, but you're going to find out you know, from um, podcasts like today that we're talking uh, with Faye and many other resources that are available online and otherwise, that is the first step. Um, Oftentimes, lawyers come out of law school and they, you know, have this false security that they know everything that they need to know, which is absolutely the antithesis of the reality. You know, so first, you know, for your first several years as a practicing lawyer, you need to, you know, kind of cue up and hone your craft at the same time that you're embracing and embracing the fact that you are capable, you've gotten this far in your academic career and now your professional journey that you can in fact develop attract clients and there is a very systematic way to do that the first being a to decide kind of like back when we were in college or laws or basically college what is your major what is the area of legal services that you want to be known for that you want to hinge your reputation on so yes that's number one after the fact that you, you know, develop a, what we call a very healthy and growth mindset around the fact that you are a business owner.
0: Can we talk about there in terms of fear of failure, rejection, self-doubt? What else would you add?
1: Well, there's there's so many things. For women specifically, and I know that we're welcoming some heart-centered men today who are, you know, I certainly welcome. But For us as females, you know, it goes way back to when we were born, honestly. By the time we were seven years old, 95% of the neuropaths in our brain have been paved. In those first seven years, Whoever was in your life as a role model or the authorities, you know, presumably your parents, you know, they laid the foundation of how you think about yourself. So that, you know, if, if that was not the best, you know, no worries. We can rewrite those neuropaths and for lots of different activities and practices. Females have just as much confidence when they come into this world as males do. But when we hit puberty, it all gets turned upside down. The hormones, the pressure to conform—you know, society pressures us to not rock the boat and to follow the rules—and all these things that are really not particularly productive. For example, just for an example, the imposter syndrome—that's a right. b- that's a bounced about word so much now in our you know pop culture—but it can be debilitating.
0: It is. It is debilitating. I, you just mentioned something, though. You can learn. You don't have to be stuck with the non-confidence. So that's some of the skills that you can take the time to increase as you go through this process.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and I would say the number one, if our viewers and listeners today take nothing away else about confidence, is it's no secret, no secret how to reclaim our confidence. I mean, we all had it. and Then we lost it. Then we can reclaim it. And the way that we reclaim it is to take tiny steps forward, summons the courage to do things that we may be fearful of because of the, I'm afraid of what people will think of me. You have no control of how what people are going to think of you. So you can, you know, toss that out. I know it's real. I used to suffer from it, but when you come to the understanding that you cannot control what other people think and what they think is your business and not what their business, you know, then that's easier to put that aside. Fear of failure. There is no failure. There are no mistakes. It's just life pushing you into a different direction, particularly if you're open to learn Upon reflection, after you go through that, of whatever the experience is that you may regard as a failure or a mistake, the disease to please you know, as females, we're conditioned to take care of others first more than ourselves, which is the absolute opposite of what we should be doing because we absolutely cannot give of ourselves professionally or personally from an empty cup. And I'm so heartened to see that now more than ever there's emphasis on you know, self-care and meditation and regulated breathing and the fear of of rejection. I mean, there's so many things around fear that really paralyzes us and as High achieving women, particularly, we can be debilitated by all these different fears that that obstruct us from even getting to the first base of thinking about, well, do I want to go into products liability or do I want to be a commercial real estate attorney? Guess what? You can do one now and another later. I mean, it doesn't have to be an either or.
0: Let's just go over the growth mindset and talk about the confidence that relates to that because I think it's a really important point that we need to cover Confidence doesn't just happen. I think it's something that, especially when you're trying to combine the business and the law.
1: It's a process. Developing a growth mindset is not the mindset of, I know everything and I have nothing else to learn and I can't learn from anyone. It's actually the opposite it is you know i may not know how to do x but i can seek out the resources i can be open to learning experiences when we embrace our work our business our lives with the mindset of you know this is a journey it's a marathon not a sprint and we're constantly learning i mean if you're open to learning the learning will come to you you know that is the really the definition of a growth mindset as opposed i may add a fixed mindset, which is, and I hear this all the time from clients, is well that's just the way I am, or I've never been good at whatever, X. The way my mom always taught me and you know, this is the way that this is the way that she was, and so this is the way I'm gonna be those are extraordinarily dangerous self-sabotaging negative adverse impacting mindsets the first step is to recognize that these are the thoughts that you're having and if it, those are the thoughts that you're having you know you can journal on them i encourage our, our clients to just keep a journal to capture those thoughts and then when you take those thoughts away you replace them with more productive more positive i am capable i am very capable of accomplishing x i am a good person i am eager to learn i am successful anything and this goes after one of my greatest teachers wayne dyer any word that follows the words i am is a very, very powerful message to the universe. And you can repeat those daily. I am prosperous, I am capable, I am, you know, whatever, you can insert the blank, but it's very, very powerful, but it's the repetition of that on a consistent basis.
0: As soon as you say that you feel better, you say, I am, and then you can feel yourself going into a different mindset about what you're talking about and what you're thinking. How does that relate to developing our own personal brand? So we're talking about growth here. So getting our confidence together, getting the growth mindset is our approach. Now we're talking about our personal brand. So how would we relate that in? How do we bring that to the forefront? One of the things that we talked about in Her Legal Global, a lot of was about our personal story and using that to bring to the forefront why somebody would want to do business with us. So can you tell us a little bit about how you see it in, when you're dealing with the women in your community?
1: Absolutely. You know, I love this. Um, when, we, when we approach our business, career and life, with the mindset that we are unique. There is not another one like us on this planet, recognizing our extraordinarily unique gifts, talents, and abilities. And if you haven't inventoried those, that's an exercise to, to inventory those, but to embrace the uniqueness that is you, because you're gonna need it when you start developing your personal brand of what differentiates you from perhaps some of your competitors, not them, but you. A personal brand can be defined as, and this is something Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos said, is what are people saying about you when you're not in the room? How do you want to be known? You know, you wanna be the go-to person for, X, fill in the blank. I'm a great resourcer. I'm a super connector. You know, I'm a teacher. It's really peeling back the layers of you, the individual first, and to identify what those gift talents and abilities are that really make you stand apart from anybody else that may be practicing in the same area of law. There is something, there's something there within each one, every one of us that is uniquely different.
0: I think that's such an important statement because when you go on to LinkedIn and and there's just a zillion lawyers and everybody you're you're looking at, all their great qualifications, it can be a bit overwhelming. I think it's really an important point, especially when you're going to grow your business, to look at how you are uniquely positioned to give what you're giving to your clients. And it can be something like you happen to have a similar interest or a similar background, or you've gone through the same experience that your clients are going through so that you bring that knowledge and expertise to what you're talking about. And then when you put forward your personal branding, you are putting that story into it to create that human component that really is powerful and why we want to connect with you. It's the like, know, and trust factor that we always hear about. You create that through that personal branding. I just want to talk a little bit about leveraging our relationships. After all, we're all on LinkedIn. So how do we leverage those relationships to create this? We're going to tie it in with our personal brand. We want to now expand. How would we go about it?
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic question. LinkedIn is the place that people, the professionals, do business. You cannot, cannot move forward, be successful, grow a business if you do not show up boldly. I have, and I've seen and worked with thousands of lawyers, who barely have a profile.
0: I get that. So tell me, what is this boldly? How do we do boldly? Oh my
1: God. Um, Boldly looks like this. Boldly is proactively building your community of ideal prospect client.
0: Yes, what does that look like?
1: The profile of an ideal client or ideal prospect is one of the two following someone who is in a decision-making role to retain you personally directly or number two someone who can refer you to someone who can retain you for your services directly and why this is important is these are the decision makers obviously right and so i just had someone yesterday ask me well how do i find them on linkedin well how you question How you find them on LinkedIn is you have to go to them, obviously. So, number one, there's tons of resources available. I have a ton, I can refer a ton of developing the most robust profile possible. Maximize those word counts in every single subcategory on the LinkedIn profile. If you were to post two times a week of content of value, You mean like original content on a topic that your growing community will find of interest and value, and then when you post that, and obviously you you want to put a picture in there. There's all kinds of you know technical things of how to do that. The people who engage with you like share a comment. You want to engage back with them. You know, so beyond the posting. So first you've got the profile, then you've got the posting. But as important, if if not more important that is the more that you build your community out and when i say that i'm saying it starts at a thousand people right at least a thousand if not fifteen hundred first level connections i've gotten all kinds of pushback on that but the research shows if you're not at least a thousand to fifteen hundred you're not even a blip sorry there's over 650 million people on linkedin you got to get it up there and why because then that's when the algorithm kicks in and it's in LinkedIn starts feeding you people that match your profile of your ideal client. And then you move from there to engage with them by lots of different ways. One of the differentiating ways that I've seen with lawyers for almost third, well, since at least 2008, when LinkedIn came on the scene, is for those lawyers who have to show up boldly, meaning you show up on LinkedIn you're commenting, you're posting, you're, you're sharing events, you're on panels of events. This is all digital. And then you can get involved in LinkedIn groups, which is another way to build your online reputation. So there's no shortage of information available, but to show up boldly at the very least, that is to show up often and meaningfully.
0: You should know though this is a very important piece of information just liking a post means you're you're basically non-existent in in terms of LinkedIn you actually have to post a comment you have to express your opinion get your voice out there make yourself seen don't be just a person that likes a post you'll you won't even show up under CL activity on your profile if you look and you look at an, a person you will see if they've actually been active and even if they've liked 5000 posts you won't see it so it's very important to actually express your opinion and contribute.
1: And it takes not even 2 seconds to do it. I mean, over time, LinkedIn like a lot almost all the other social media platforms, it's cumulative. You start out wherever you start out and then it just grows and morphs and then you know, you have the following you'll see where the, the path is going as far as content or direction or the type of people that you're attracting. I mean, you have to be there to to actually even be part of the game.
0: There's one thing I really wanted to ask about, Nadia, is it's, sometimes it's very obvious who our ideal client is, but it's not so obvious who our referral connection should be. So any ideas about how we can narrow that down or go into that area?
1: Referral sources, absolutely in the legal services world, it is very specific to your area of practice. So for example, if a lawyer practices in labor and employment law on the management side, so they represent companies who are fielding complaints from their employees, you have to look from a corporate perspective or an enterprise perspective, and that is who are the people in those organizations likely building of the issues, having the employee issues. And oftentimes it's either the CFO of the company or the HR, vice president, director, whomever. So for every single job title that there is, I would almost venture to say there are professional associations. And, you know, depending on who you're trying to reach, who the profile of your ideal client is, you want to be associated and involved in a professional association so you can meet them where they are where they go for professional development where they go for networking so you can insert yourself of that so it's very specific for the business to consumer practices such as pi personal injury med mal uh, state and elder law family law you know your referral sources oftentimes are other lawyers as opposed to corporate and industry groups and more b2b practices.
0: What about these referral networks? Do you track that? Do you put it into some kind of client management system? How do you keep track of all this?
1: When lawyers come to the understanding that they are a business owner and not an employee, which is a huge mindset shift that you never get, you know, kind of keyed into within law school or immediately thereafter, the next step is to recognize that you are the owner of a process driven business. There are a gazillion different software solutions, case management solutions, CRM, contact relationship management solutions i mean there's no shortage of those zola partners for example has a lot of all of that that's just one that i have worked with over the years leap is another one but ideally the main point is the information that you're gathering there's also the email marketing programs mailchimp active campaign there's no infusion soft there's no shortage of software tools to help you get and stay organized because ideally As you're building your community, you want to create some sense of system and process so you're getting and staying connected to these people that are in your community. So you build that top of mind awareness so when they have the need, the legal need, that you can provide the solution to, they're thinking of you.
0: That's really crucial. I think you have to have some sort of process in place that you're continually Connecting with these people—it's—it's it's gone from the days of sending out birthday cards and that type of thing. We have to be much more on top of these things, and I think that's a real mind shift, like you said, because lawyers—you know—when they get out uh, and they start their business, they're still very much into like the, the mindset of practicing versus business. So let's just talk a little bit about. Rainmaking as a mindset
1: i love that <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to talk about right in a nutshell it's what we call developing the marketing mindset again it's recognizing that as a private practicing lawyer you are a business owner and not an employee opportunities are everywhere yes even in a pandemic they are everywhere they're still having issues it is a wonderful time to be an employment attorney Uh, with all the issues that are going on from work for home. But when we approach our professional lives, our businesses, our practices, and we're looking to help others. So when you look around and you're looking to be of service to others, you know, whether it's a connection, you know, whether it's to review a resume, whether it's to recommend a referral source in the profession. I mean, there's so many different ways, but when we When it's in our mindset to be of service, then that's going to come back to us. You know, that's part of helping us develop that reputation as the go-to person.
0: Any advice on how to pick this area?
1: You know, it's kind of like choosing your major in college. How do you do that?
0: Um,
1: Right. First of all, resist the overwhelm, right? Resist the overwhelm because there may not be just one answer. The second thing is there's tons of assessments. You know, what we want to do if we're going to spend the next 30, 40 years practicing in an area of law, we want to make sure it's something that we're really passionate about and there's growth in. You know, I mean, I've, I've been now in legal services long enough to see that, you know, there's economic cycles where certain practice areas are very fruitful and others are not. You know, I'll just use one for example. Data privacy is a super hot practice area, and it's going to continue to be so because it's in digital. But the assessments that you can take there's a Colby K O L B E index, there is the Gallup G A L L U P strengths finder um, assessment that you can take. All of these assessments help us look clearly at not only what our strengths are, but what we're really good at. What we really enjoy, which will help make the decision of what area of practice to focus on much easier, so it really starts with with inside taking a look at our you know what our strengths are, our interests are, you know what the world needs, um, which is a whole different question and how we can monetize that.
0: Yes, I think we really have to know ourselves before we can start that process because you can place yourself in a place that you think is like a great niche or an area that's up and developing and discover that you're a horrible fit for it after you actually apply your own values and your own definition of success. So it's very important to start, I think, with who you are. I just wanna go back then, we were talking about it as a mindset. What about as a lifestyle? How would we look at it that way?
1: lovely question you know we are in constant change our world has gotten so super small given the advent of social media the internet the news sources etc nowadays i mean depending on where you are we're all dealing and in, in working in a pandemic and the chances are we may not actually ever in person meet the people that we're working for and with and you know being able to leverage or first of all embrace technology regardless of our chronological age, and accept the fact we have to embrace this technology to create and to institute our own path. And What I mean by that is joining groups, networking groups, women groups, women lawyer groups, there is no shortage. There's a gazillion. Groups and it's just a matter. Wait, of
0: wait, long. Kimberly. There's, there's only the best. Her Legal Global. <laughs> there you go. And change makers. <laughs> now let's not get sidetracked by those other groups. <laughs> star, 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 You have to find
1: community. That's the bottom line. You must find community with those individuals that you have something in common with. Ideally, I mean, you could be a part of a, a business networking group or a you know community group. There's so you can be members of multiple groups. Um, The groups that I lead and that Fade leads, I'm sure. We have roundtables. We have masterminds. We talk about the challenges. Could be for prospecting. So you want to go where your prospects are, your profile ideal clients are. That's where LinkedIn groups can really help you because they're divided by business type of business.
0: We've talked about, I'm just going to go over it to reinforce it. We talked about starting with confidence A little bit about investing in yourself, and that's to learn the skills. We are also very focused on developing our own personal brand, developing a growth mindset, then leveraging our relationships and going into rainmaking as a mindset and a lifestyle, and then taking action. Let's just talk a little bit about that. We did some of that at the beginning the journaling, the self-regulating, engaging in positive self-talk. Let's just talk a little bit about that as we conclude. Anything else that you would add there? engaging
1: in positive self-talk i mean it's a daily practice but again we have to find a way to feed and fill our cups whatever that looks like you know so if even if it's 10 minutes in the bathroom by yourself with your earbuds on listening to a guided meditation that is something to feed ourselves Uh, we cannot give from an empty cup and so the daily practice of quieting our mind, typically, ideally, you can do it for 20 minutes, you know, just sitting in a chair and breathing out for count and in for count. Do that for 10 minutes, or set your clock, and then do it for you know 10 more minutes or five minutes. Well, start somewhere. The most important part is to start somewhere and then to journal, you know, the positive affirmations. Every morning I answer the question, I am so happy and grateful now that. Three bullet points. Gratitude invites abundance and abundance empowers us to get out and show up boldly in our day in our lives. It really is that simple.
0: I think that is very important. I think it's also very important to structure that. We've talked a lot about that in her Legal Global about structuring it into your day, actually putting it into your calendar so that it doesn't disappear and be one of those, oh, well, if I get to it kind of things. It's really important to have that time for yourself. And it, the other focus that we've been having is that self care is not a luxury. It's not something that, you know, you just add on at the end. So what I'm hearing from you, Kimberly, is that we need to focus on ourselves first is not a luxury as well. So that kind of combines with what we were talking about with self-care and the structuring and everything that goes along with it. So I just like to thank you very much for coming on. I'd like to give you a couple of minutes here just before we go to tell everybody a little bit more about what you do with all that great expertise that you have and what you accomplish. So let's just hear a little bit about that.
1: Well, thank you very much, Faye. It's been such a treat to join you and your your viewers and listeners here today to share. Early on, I worked inside law firms as chief marketing officer here in the Philadelphia region in the USA before starting my first company, KLA Marketing Associates, wherein we provide law firms and lawyers with the tools and strategies to build grow and sustain a prosperous business. And so our team runs marketing departments, as well as coaches individual lawyers along their path. It really hit me how many women lawyers struggle and have so many more challenges than their male counterparts. And the stories that I've heard and the issues that I've coached so many women lawyers over all these years really led me to form my Change Makers program, which is a business accelerator program for women professionals across the globe through eight different activators. We have masterminding and community building, online curriculum, was-in-person events but now we're doing them virtually for the near future but the ideal is to develop a community to develop the expertise in advancing or creating the career of your dreams by charting your own course whether you're on a career track and or an entrepreneur and so that really feeds my soul to see women to reclaim their confidence and to move forward boldly to create that career by when I say chart your own course, and that is to take control of your own destiny because it's ours to take.
0: Her Legal Global, empowering and transforming us through skills and shared wisdom. For other great episodes, follow us and be sure to check out herlegalglobal.com for a community, informative skills-based articles and to work with me, your host, Faye Gelb.